Welcome to Catholic Economics. I'm your host, Levi Russell, and today is October 4th, 2020. So this week, I want to get back to talking about uh, recent economic news. And this week specifically, uh, the what I want to focus on is the stimulus news. So what last week, I didn't really have much to say, and, and there was so much uh, hemming and hawing with the uh, the folks in Washington over trying to get a deal done. Uh, and really there hadn't been much other stuff to talk about. So this week, uh, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of a rundown of what's been going on. So over the last two weeks, we've seen, uh, Steve Mnuchin, uh, from the white house and Nancy Pelosi from, uh, the, the Democrat House of Representatives side of things, kind of duking it out in terms of trying to come to some kind of a uh, an agreement on what this bill will look like. And, and here's the thing. If, I don't know. Not, not all of you probably follow politics all that much. The, the thing is, is, we had the Problem Solvers Caucus deal that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And you know, th- these little groups can, you know, they can write bills and, and all that stuff, but the, the reality is the legislatures are kind of run by the leadership in the sense that um, these these other folks can co-sponsor things. They can obviously they vote. So that matters. But the reality is they're not really setting the agenda. And so as much as they can uh, form these little caucuses and try to complain about stuff and try to get things to change, they really have to change the minds of the leadership for things to really go anywhere. So. The Problem Solvers Caucus, maybe that was a little bit of grease you know, to get this thing moving. But at the end of the day, without Pelosi actually negotiating with the other side, and, and in this case, the other side is the Republicans um, who run the Senate and uh, who represent the White House. Because, of course, anything that gets passed out of the House um, would have to also have a chance at being passed in the Senate, which means... Uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, would have to be committed to bringing it up for a vote. And someone in the White House would have to be committed to the president signing it. Okay. So there's been all this political chicanery. You know, everybody's blaming everybody else on why things isn't anything isn't, you know, why, why things aren't done yet and blah, blah, blah. And what I, what I want to say too is that, you know, Trump getting sick and now he's in the hospital at Walter Reed and he's, he's working from there and he's still tweeting and he's, he's putting more and more pressure on both sides. I think he's, he's doing what he can to blame the Democrats for the problem, but at the same time, putting pressure on his own party to just get the deal done. So I think that's uh, an interesting strategy. Maybe it's really effective. Maybe he has something um, in his mind that, that that's why he needs to do it. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing for the party, uh, the Republican party that he's putting the, he's trying to put the blame on the Democrats while also pushing his, uh, his side 
his party to to get things done because he knows that this is a popular thing and that the people that it's unpopular with, uh, you know, they're either going to stick with him anyway or they were never going to vote for him because they're Bill Crystal or something. So <clears throat> Trump, uh, the, the other the other addition besides Trump to this whole uh, kind of back and forth between Mnuchin and Pelosi is the Federal Reserve Chair. Jerome Powell, we call him Jay Powell. Uh, and that's kind of been interesting the last couple of days to, to hear that, that uh, Jay Powell is talking to them at the same time. So we've been hearing some whispering about this idea that um, in, in the future, <laughs> maybe next year or something, if the Federal Reserve wants to uh, stimulate the economy, then it doesn't really have to go through Congress and all this stuff. They can just open an account for every household in the entire country with the Fed and then just directly give you money. Um, I don't know much about all this, but I think it's uh, like it's kind of interesting that all of a sudden Jay Powell's in on these discussions, and and we're also hearing inklings of this whole idea of, of you personally having an account with the Fed. I just think that's so wild. Um so maybe he's he's in there trying to to I don't know I guess answer questions about certain components of the bill or something like that because obviously you know the the stimulus bill is not just one thing it's not just checks and it's not just the unemployment boost it's all kinds of stuff it's tons of funds for the state level governments it's uh, money for local governments it's money for all these different parts of the federal government apparatus, including the the postal service and all the stuff about the mail-in voting nonsense. Um, so there's all kinds of things in here. So as far as what's already been agreed upon, is the, there, there's an agreement supposedly on the checks, the amount of the checks and uh, the rules for who's going to get them and everything. And they're essentially the same rules as last time. So as long as nothing's changed for your financial situation uh and your tax specifically your taxes um you will you will get the same check that you got last time the differences that i've heard about are that this will count for all dependents not just um not just children so if you have uh de- you know dependent quote unquote children that are in college or if you have like elderly dependents or anything like that they will get rolled into that that $500 amount as well the, uh, the, the, the points of contention, as far as I understand it, continue to be the overall budget. So the overall price tag, uh, Pelosi is at something like 2.2 trillion, whereas Mnuchin and the Democrat or and the Republicans were still supposedly right around one and a half, 1.6 trillion. And I think the challenge here is partly the Senate because a lot of the senators, you know, they, they passed a $585 billion uh, deal. And it just went nowhere. Uh, cause it wasn't even close to what Pelosi had passed. And I, I kind of think, um, that Mnuchin is trying to hold off as much as he can on raising. I think he wants to go up to Pelosi's number, but he's also cognizant of the fact that he doesn't want to appear to be twisting Mnuchin's arm too much. Um, and say, or excuse me, uh, twisting McConnell's arm too much and saying, Hey, you guys have to go along with this. Um, not as if they will. I, I think. I think in the Senate, this thing is going to look relatively bipartisan by the time it gets there. Uh, in, in terms of the Senate's vote, you're going to get some Republicans voting for it, and you're going to get some Democrats voting for it. It's probably going to pass. Um, 
once they've agreed upon it. And I think it's potentially, I've heard that they've gotten closer. So they were like 700 billion apart and now they're only something like 350 billion apart. So I'm imagining a lot of that was mostly Mnuchin giving up ground and going higher, but uh, I'm not completely certain of that. The, uh, some of the sticking points are unemployment benefit bonuses. So in the, in the last bill, there was a $600 per week, uh, on top of your normal unemployment. And that expired at the end of July, I think. And, uh, since then we've just sort of had this general malaise of people, you know, not really sure what's going to go on. We've, we've seen a pickup in unemployment or we've seen a drop in unemployment rate, which is really nice and, and could be, uh, part of that. You know, the fact that that thing went away, we have other, uh, we have other case studies of this kind of thing happening where we, we end these bonus unemployment benefits and people just go back to find a, they find, they find a job. Um, right now Mnuchin and the Republicans are at $400 per week and Pelosi's at 600 still uh, for this new bill. So we'll see how that shakes out. Another issue is uh, back onto the checks, the stimulus stuff. Um, Another one is the idea that these checks would go to anyone who has a social security number or a tax identification number. So in in theory, an illegal immigrant who doesn't have a social security number but has a TIN um, that that allows them to sort of track their tax payments, um, they would also receive a stimulus payment uh, under Pelosi's idea or un- under her uh, version of the bill. Whereas Mnuchin, I think, is, is saying is pushing back on that, saying no, because obviously, uh, if you know anything about Republicans, they're not going to be too keen on that. So we'll see how that shakes out, too. The, uh, the, the target date, there's a new target date for the agreement. So they're saying Mnuchin and Pelosi are saying somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday of this week is when they're they're hopefully going to have a deal. Now, the House did pass the $2.2 trillion deal uh, uh, bill uh, last week, but the thing is it doesn't mean anything because the Senate's just not going to take up that bill because there's no agreement. So um, that really is the thing here is that there has to be some kind of verbal agreement, and that seems to be really the key. Uh, some wild cards, gosh, I don't know. I mean, the... The House right now can vote remotely, but the Senate can't based on the rules that McConnell's put forward. So McConnell would actually have to call the senators back, and some of them might be campaigning. He may not be real happy about that, uh, but he can do that at any time. So, uh, and they, they, in theory, they have to be back there within 24 hours. So it's not, it's not, not really a hurdle, except in the sense that um, McConnell just has control over the Senate and he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to bring these things up. Okay, so that's the stimulus. So the next thing I want to talk about is this this piece by, uh, let's see, the editor of oilprice.com, basically talking about gold. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not really a big gold investment guy. I don't really know a ton about that. But with uh, the, the, this new Fed monetary rule, and I've talked about this, talked about it a few weeks ago, this idea that now we're going to be a little bit more, uh, the Fed is going to be a little bit more permissive when it comes to inflation. So if, if inflation doesn't hit its their, their target for it last year, say, then this year they're going to try harder <laughs> to make sure that that inflation level goes up. 
And this guy that's right that wrote this piece, and again, this will be linked in the show notes. Um, he's basically saying like, well, you know, this is kind of uh, this is kind of not so good because you know we want a stable price level, and and we want um, we want the the. Uh, uh, the, this trade-off between inflation and employment, you know, we want that to to be um, to be focused on uh, the natural rate of unemployment and uh, this inflation target. And if we don't have to have more inflation, let's not have it, right? Um, so he talks about asset price inflation. He talks about some things with gold, and his view is that this shift in, in the Federal Reserve's monetary policy, uh, both in terms of their new perspective on inflation and on unemployment, uh, is going to be a good thing for gold in the long term. So uh, check that out if you want a little more detail there. The next thing of interest will be, uh, it'll be interesting to have a, a bigger, uh, a, a, well, a, a, a new picture on this next week. So I'm not really looking at the stock market. Everybody keeps talking about how the stock market is, uh, is oh man, Trump Trump went into the hospital. And so now the, there's all this volatility in the stock market. And it's like, eh, you know, um, I mean, it's down right now, but you know, it's not down like dramatically. Um, so the related to that, the Federal Reserve Board uh, at, uh, at the Atlanta Fed has something called the GDP Now forecast tool. And you can always check this out, uh, frbatlanta.org uh, slash GDP now, I think. Maybe it's more complicated than that, but I'll have a link down there in the show notes for you. So the uh, what, what they do is they compare that to the blue chip consensus, and uh, this is sort of their forecast for the next quarter. In this case, we'll be looking at the third quarter of uh, 2020. And right now they're in like the mid thirties. So they're, they're really the ones calling for this kind of V shaped recovery. So you've got all these people saying, Oh, you know, uh, everybody's just claiming this is a V shaped recovery because of, um, you know, they want to keep the stock market up or whatever. But the reality is that's what the federal reserve board or the federal reserve, uh, the Atlanta fed is saying, uh, for their GDP now forecast. And it's, it's pretty accurate. So, I mean, this is, this really is in a sense, I mean, this is coming back from, uh, the big, the big drop in, in the second quarter. So, um, I'm not saying it's a V shaped recovery necessarily because obviously, uh, you know, the same percentage on a, on a smaller, uh, uh, you know, starting amount is, is not the same growth necessarily, but it is interesting to see that, we uh, we're kind of in 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 the range of at least on this one indicator, right? GDP is not everything, and and I, I understand all of those uh, problems that we have with that. It's not really taking the pulse of Main Street. It's not really a reflection on sort of the average person's uh, you know ability to kind of go through life in a dignified way. But it is an indicator. And so the next one will come out October 6th and the one on October 6th, I think will have some information, uh, that's, that's updated based on some of this volatility with Trump going into the hospital and all of this. So we'll see. And, and more, more than that, it will include some information about the, the complete stagnation of talks on the second check in in August and September, and so when we when we get to see what uh, what this GDP now forecast is going to say, once um, you know some of these uh, the stalling of these talks uh, got really bad, we'll see if that pulls down their forecast. 
So the last thing I want to talk about is the uh, uh, averting the government shutdown. So <laughs> this wasn't something I mentioned in, in the weeks running up. Uh, to this, but as of August or excuse me, October 1st, the U.S. federal government had to have some kind of uh, provisions uh, in terms of a budget for them to continue operating, for them to continue to pay the uh, contractors and stuff that work with the federal government around the country and all of that sort of thing. And the deadline for this, again, was October 1st. So uh, right at the last minute, there was a continuing resolution that was signed. Now, what this continuing resolution does is it provides funding on a continuing basis until December 11th. And this is uh, a little bit of a, a problem. Now, we haven't had a budget in forever, but um, this continuing resolution does go through the election. So I think that's kind of a good thing in the sense that um, it, it might, the fact that it's not going to be um, a big news item until December 11th, with he which, I mean, who knows, we could still be you know, counting all these, uh, you know, mail-in ballots that may or may not be fraudulent and all of that sort of thing on de December 11th. But the, the point is we have a budget there. And so that does create a little bit more stability, I think. And so when we're looking at these broad indexes of the, um, uh, of the stock market, when we're looking at GDP forecasting and all that sort of thing, we're at least avoiding some, uh, some of this stuff that the, the, you know, one of these big issues that likes to sort of create real problems for stability in those things. And so we are, uh, we did get that uh, through both houses of Congress and Trump signed it uh, on September 30th, the day, uh, the day that it really needed to be signed. So I think with that, my goodness, if there's uh, this, everything is just so wild right now. And I'm, I'm still positive that we will be getting a, uh, a stimulus check. I'm not, um, I'm not sure that the Republicans are going to be able to stop it. If McConnell puts it up for a vote, um, we've had two or three more Republican senators. Yeah. How about that? Republicans are only Republicans get the disease. That's weird. Uh, Republican senators, uh, test positive for COVID. And so they're, um, they are out. And so again, according to the current voting rules, they will not be able to vote. So, uh, that, and another thing that something I know nothing about, which is the, um, uh, the Amy Coney Barrett thing. I have no idea where that is, so I, I'm not going to try to talk on it. If you enjoy the show, any, any part of the show, whether it's my normal weekly stuff on uh, Catholic social teaching, whether it's my reading that I do at the end of the week, or whether it's these weekend uh, market uh, updates and stuff like that, uh, please share the show. Uh, tell your friends about it. I'm really excited that all of you are interested in it, and I know there are some more people out there um, who who want to hear about um, the economy and stuff like that from a reasonable voice uh, from a Catholic perspective. And uh, if you want to support the show directly, I have Patreon and Subscribestar links below, and you can also support directly through Anchor. Thanks for your time, and I, I look forward to putting out some more stuff for you this week.